Living in cluttered spaces is actually bad for our health. Clutter seems harmless enough, right? It's just some extra stuff laying around. But in fact, it does us more harm than good. Cluttered spaces negatively affect our moods, our mental health, our cortisol levels, which is our stress hormone, and cluttered spaces even affect our eating habits. Even if you don't have piles and piles of stuff around your home, clutter may be sneaking in in unexpected places, making you feel stressed and overwhelmed. So let's dig in and talk about all things clutter and practical systems to help get rid of clutter in your home so you can bring those stress levels down and feel more at peace each and every day. Welcome to Home and Nestorations, the podcast that helps you design and decorate your home with confidence. I'm your host, interior designer and best of house winner, Sally Sorcelli, here to help you create a home you'll love. Whether you're a homeowner, a design enthusiast, or a budding interior designer, you're in the right place for all things home and design. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, and thanks for listening. Today's topic is a big one. We're talking all about clutter and more specifically how it impacts us and our homes. I'll be talking about the reasons why we clutter, benefits to getting rid of that clutter and decluttering our homes. And then I'm going to talk about practical strategies and systems that you can set up so that you can eliminate clutter once and for all in your home. And like I said in the intro, clutter seems harmless enough, right? It's just some extra stuff laying around. But in fact, it does us more harm than good. So before we start designing our spaces or bringing anything new into our homes, we want to declutter so we have a fresh space to work with. Now I have a question for you. Do you think your home is cluttered? I want you to be really honest and think about all the different spaces, think about all the cabinets, all those extra rooms, the basements, the attic. Do you have a cluttered home? And if you're thinking yes, know that you're not alone. Clutter really can impact all of us. And I will be sharing a little bit how it has affected me as well, because again, it's something clutter can affect everyone. Now, clutter seems like a dirty word, but we do have to talk about it because, again, it impacts how we feel in our homes, how we show up for ourselves, and how we show up for those around us. And so I now want to talk a little bit about the negative effects of clutter because it is just more than some extra stuff laying around. Our homes impact our stress levels, and having too much clutter overwhelms us. Clutter can actually lead to increased stress levels, problems focusing, anxiety, procrastination, overwhelm, embarrassment, overeating, and even shame. And so when I asked you earlier if you think your home is cluttered, 
If you've ever struggled with anything I just mentioned, your home could be playing a role in that. Clutter can feel like a chore we don't want to do. I get that it's not as exciting or fun as going shopping as bringing new stuff in. But again, before we bring new things in, we want our home to be ready to accept those new things and be in its best condition. So unless you're like Monica from Friends and you love a good cleaning and purging session, which all right, I will totally admit I am guilty as charged. I am like Monica from Friends. I will sit there and enjoy cleaning and decluttering. Oh, it can just melt my heart and I and I do love it. But for everybody else, we still want to get a hold of our home clutter and take steps so that we can create the peaceful, organized home that you're craving and that you deserve. Now, I wasn't sure I wanted to share this next part as it's pretty personal, but I think it's important to do it if it can help you. And when we share things, it takes away some of the embarrassment or shame associated with it. So if you know me on either a personal level or you've been following me a bit, then you might know that back in the spring, my parents both at the same time had some serious health issues. And within just a week or two weeks, both of my parents were unable to live independently anymore. So I flew across the country and spent five out of seven weeks helping my parents move out of their home that they've lived in for 45 years and into nursing homes, then assisted living, and then eventually to hospice as my father did pass away in the spring. And so I did have to help them clean out and move into their new assisted living facilities. And then after my father's passing, as the executor of his estate, I'm now currently tasked with cleaning out the home to prepare it to sell. And like I mentioned, my parents had been living there for 45 years and they have accumulated a lot of stuff. Now, I admit my parents do not share my love or interest in cleaning and decluttering. I'm kind of the black sheep when it comes to things like that in my family. I'm the one who wants the super clean and organized house, and that's just not how my my parents or my brothers operated. So anyway, here I was just a couple of weeks ago preparing to clean out my parents' home for selling, and and I knew it would not be an easy task, but I did underestimate just how much stuff they had. It was beyond clutter. It was actually almost borderline hoarding. And my parents, as well as my two brothers, one who's still living, one who passed away a couple years ago, all have the same clutter and hoarding tendencies. And I joke with my husband, Brad, saying, oh my gosh, am I going to become this hoarder who keeps all this stuff and clutter? And he always reassures me and he says, Sally, you will throw things out twice if you have to. You will never have that issue. So, all right, I'll sleep peacefully with that. But going back to cleaning out my parents' home, I knew it was going to be a big task. I did it over Labor Day weekend. It was a true labor for Labor Day weekend. And I had ordered a 20 cubic yard dumpster and I filled that 
by myself in two days. Within two days, it was already full. I gave away 20 plus boxes to donate to charities, to veteran causes, and I put countless items on the street that just came from the first floor only. I hadn't even touched the basement or the attic, which I've actually hired for because I feel like I swept the house for anything sentimental or valuable that my mother would want or that we would want to keep as a family. I think as a result of the way I was raised is that I've actually gone in the full opposite direction and I just thrive on organized spaces with no clutter. Like I mentioned about connecting with Monica from Friends, that is totally me. And I really struggle mentally when I have too much stuff around and I have a hard time focusing on tasks. In my office, I like my desk pretty clean. I like my bookcase clutter-free. And if I have a lot of stuff, I feel just this inner tension that I want to clean it. Now, if I have a work deadline and some client work that has to be done, I, of course, prioritize that first, and I won't keep cleaning my office. I'll save that for the weekends. And I will say right now, I do have a few more, quote, piles than I'd like on my office bookcase because I am the executor for my dad's estate. There is a lot of paperwork for that. And I'm also power of attorney caring for my mother across the country. So I have a lot of ongoing and lingering tasks for her as well. But I know that tasks for my father's estate are short-lived and it's only a few more months of having all this extra paperwork. And things for my mom, I am creating solid systems so that I can stay organized, but I'm just still canceling some subscriptions and mailing she gets. So I've got piles of some of that stuff to go through. I don't know if you could relate to anything I just talked about. If you have aging parents as well, it's just surprising how much stuff we can accumulate over time. And as my parents aged and their health declined, the accumulation of stuff just got out of control. So the more we can stay on top of decluttering, keep up with it, and then ask for help as needed can help us with that. When we do declutter, things are easier to maintain. We will feel less stress. We'll feel less worry. We can actually spend less money because you know what you currently have. So you only buy what you need. Having a decluttered space also makes your home feel ready for visitors and guests. You're not going to have that frantic embarrassment that your house is untidy. And it also gives you more space in your home. We'll even eat better when we live in a a decluttered home. Think about a time that you've traveled to a beautiful resort or gone on vacation or a hotel room. It's all clean and clutter-free. And so you naturally feel better. We want to feel that way in our homes each and every day. All right, so now let's dig in to why we clutter. And there's actually several reasons or causes as to why we do. And one, some of these I mentioned actually in episode three, and I encourage you to check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes, is that we might clutter because we have emotional attachments to things. We hold on to or acquire things over time, and then we don't get rid of them. And our three emotional attachments are attachments for sentimental reasons, for money or monetary reasons, and guilt. So sentimental reasons are, 
it brings you warm memories, it reminds you of something special, and so you don't want to get rid of something. Guilt is when you're given something or inherited something that you really don't want, but you feel guilty getting rid of it. And then money attachments that we can get to items is you think, well, gosh, I spent this much money on something, I have to get rid of it. So emotional attachments are one reason why we clutter. Another reason why we might clutter is that we are overwhelmed. We don't know what to do with something or how to get rid of it. So we might just put it in a pile to deal with later. But the truth is that pile isn't going anywhere unless you do something about it. And going back a little bit from my parents' home, this is something that I think happened to my parents a lot. And you or your elderly parents might connect to this as well. I found a lot of used paint, a lot of electronics, a lot of old household chemical waste all accumulated in the basement in closets, in the garage. And part of it is people weren't really sure what to do about it because you couldn't just throw it in the trash. And my recommendation there is to just go on your town's website and see what their restrictions are, what they'll pick up, what they won't. Many towns do hazardous waste drop-off days. And so that's what I've had to schedule for my parents. But what ended up happening is it was procrastinated on, and then it just got piled and piled and piled. And then as their health declined, they didn't feel well enough to do it. So it is really helpful, and I can't stress enough, that keep a separate area at your garage or at a doorway where you'll take things that are leaving your house. So you take action on it and just get rid of it so it doesn't accumulate and then feel heavy and overwhelming. Another reason we clutter is from overbuying. So when you aren't organized, you don't really know what you already have. And so you might buy more of that item. A good example is my father and motor oil. As I cleaned out their house earlier this month, I discovered in the garage, in the basement, in the closets were motor oil. And we had a big yard growing up, so we had tractors and rototillers, wood chippers and all that, and they would, my dad would need motor oil. But I think what would happen is he wouldn't realize that he already had a new can of motor oil or a new container of it, so he would buy more. And because there was so much clutter in the garage, when I cleaned it out, I would open up a cabinet and find more motor oil. And then I'd open up another cabinet and there was more. And I realized because my dad didn't see that he already had motor oil because he wasn't organized to see it there in the first place. So as we organize our spaces, we can avoid overbuying because we know what we currently have. We can keep an inventory. Another way we might overbuy in our homes and accumulate clutter is through impulse purchases when we go all in on hobbies and then overbuy for them. I will fully admit I am literally raising my hand right now because I am guilty of that. I, in my younger years, was big into crafting and doing all different things and scrapbooking, crafts, cookie cutters. I have thought, oh, I'm going to do this. I've got to buy every supply for it. And I did. But then 
I discovered after a couple of months, I didn't really have interest in that hobby. And so here I had overbought all these things and accumulated that clutter. And then in my head thought, well, I spent all this money. I shouldn't get rid of it. And so I would hold on to it. So it's something I am so much better at now, but I will admit that was not a great habit that I have had for the majority of my life is going all in on something and overbuying for it. And then it would lead to clutter that I would just have to get rid of. So something to watch out for. All right, we just talked about why we clutter. Now let's talk about some benefits of decluttering and organizing. I touched on them briefly, but I do like to mention things multiple times within episodes because repetition is the mother of learning and how we remember things. We don't always hear them the first time we hear them, if that makes sense. We're listening, but it doesn't always connect with us. So when we hear things a second, third, even a fourth time, we connect with it and hear it on a different level. So a benefit of decluttering an organization is that your house is easier to maintain. There's less stuff, so it's easier to keep it clean. We have less stress when our home is decluttered. We can have less worry because we just don't feel that heaviness and pressure. There's also less overwhelm when our homes are decluttered and organized. If you're a parent like I am, you'll also be a calmer parent when your environment is less cluttered. There are actually studies on this about how people react and behave based on their environments. And some people like myself are more triggered and affected by clutter where other people think of like my parents, they aren't really that affected or at least they think they aren't that affected with their clutter. So in your home, if you have one spouse or partner who is triggered by clutter and the other person is much more comfortable with clutter, it can cause some rifts in your relationship. So being aligned with your clutter level tolerance is important. And if you are someone who is more comfortable with clutter and your spouse isn't, just know and realize that it can actually affect how they show up in your relationship. If it makes them happier to have a cleaner house, then help them do that. And on the other hand, if you are someone who is much more comfortable in clutter, you don't want your partner to be so OCD and rigid where it causes rifts in your relationship there too. Even though I am like Monica from Friends, I think I remember in an episode of Friends that she had some closet that just had all this stuff in it just pouring down. I can relate to her there too. I'm always working on piles. I can move them to different rooms. But even though I like a clean and clutter-free home, it's natural just to have some stuff or you're just busy and you haven't had time to put it away yet. It's all about a good balance, but it is something just to think about in your relationship. If one person is a super neat freak and someone else isn't, how can you work together so that both of you feel a calmness and peace while at home? Another benefit of decluttering and having an organized space is 
Your home will be ready for visitors and guests, which will help you socialize and be more connected with people. I know for me, I get a little uncomfortable sometimes when people are coming to my house and it doesn't look, quote, perfect. I'm working on that. Again, being an interior designer, I feel like there might be some really high expectations of what my house looks like, but I am a regular person just like everybody else with regular budget issues, and sometimes I don't have my budget all ready to just gut everything and do everything new and perfectly. Something I work on that it's more important to spend time with people and If they're judging my house, they are not my people anyway, but we do usually feel a little bit better when we can welcome someone in to a home that feels good. I even think with my clients, when I first start working with them and I go to their home for a design consultation, they're always trying to clean things. I tell them not to because I do want to see their home the way they actually live in it. But when I walk into their home, I can sense their body language. They don't feel as confident. They're often apologizing. Oh, well, don't look at that space. And oh, and here, and oh, well, that doesn't really, that's not what I wanted. I need to change that still. And I'll hear that inner critic in them doubting their house. At the end of their project, it is like this strut around my house. Oh, come have a seat. Let's chat in the living room. And it's so amazing to see Their confidence and their calmness, their pride just sets in because they feel better in their homes. I want that for you too. So we can feel a lot better and more confident and comfortable in our homes when it looks good. And then another benefit, the last one I'll talk about of decluttering and organizing is it just gives you more space in your home. We want to have room to move around. And when we have too much stuff, we just don't. We might have too many furniture pieces in a room. Our furniture needs room to breathe. We don't want spaces overcrowded. Again, that does affect our mental well-being. So having more space in our home is a good thing. All right, now let's transition over to some action steps. It's time to get rid of that clutter. And again, you might be looking at your house and thinking, oh God, Sally, I don't know where to start, what to do. I want to work on this space, this space, this space, this space. Don't worry. I'm going to break it all down. I'm a girl who loves systems and checklists. We'll get you set. Don't worry. All right. First, we want to create a decluttering schedule. You're going to set reminders on your calendar or on your phone, and do get the whole family involved. I have a decluttering schedule. It's not rigid and set in stone, but it tends to happen three times a year. I usually have a decluttering session right before the holidays when we tend to get new stuff and get more stuff at Christmas. I don't want to bring in all these things unless I've made room for them. So in my home, we tend to have a decluttering session after Thanksgiving before the holidays come. I also do one in the spring because, well, hello, spring cleaning. After being inside through the winter, it's a good time to just get our home feeling fresh and ready to go. I also do a decluttering session at the end of the summer, beginning of the school year. 
my kids have had growth spurts and outgrown some clothes. And maybe their taste and style have changed as your children transition from being toddlers to preschoolers to elementary students to middle schoolers to high schoolers to college students. They Their interests change. And so at the beginning of the school year, I like to do another clean out. Whenever we're going to bring new stuff in, we get rid of old stuff first. I stick with three times a year. That doesn't feel overwhelming. You could do it every quarter, every winter, spring, summer, and fall, but I find that a little overwhelming for myself, so I do three times. I do right before the holidays, I do in the springtime, and then I do right at the beginning of the fall. So for you, I want you to pick a date, and there is no time like the present. Get it on the calendar, and after my trip to Connecticut, where I was really decluttering and just tossing stuff left and right, I'm really making an effort for less stuff in general. It's just too much, and I think of all that wasted time and money that is spent on stuff. If I don't love it or need it, I don't buy it, so I've gotten much better about that. Moving on, now that you've set your decluttering schedule and you've put it in your calendar, now what? Well, it's your day to declutter what to do. I recommend you get the whole family involved. It does set up good habits. I want you to set up three bins or boxes or bags or piles. The first one, you're going to get a sheet of paper and label it save. The second, you're going to call donate. And the third, you're going to call it trash. Now, some donate items could be sold for some extra money. But if it's going to stress you out, selling items at a yard sale or on Facebook Marketplace or a consignment store or Craigslist, then skip that extra step. But you can try to sell some of those items for extra money if you so choose. When sorting items... I want you to be ruthless and I want you to be honest and I want you to ask yourself four questions. Question number one, do you use the item? Question number two, do you enjoy or love the item? Question number three, is the item broken? And question number four, is the item properly stored? So going back to the first question, do you use the item? If you use it, yes, great. Put it in the save pile. If you don't, then choose if it goes in the donate or the trash pile. For question number two, do you enjoy or love the item? Even if you don't use it, if it makes you happy, then it's something you're going to want to save. If it isn't, then you choose if it goes in donate or trash. The third question is if the item is broken. If the answer is yes, it is broken, ask yourself, will you actually take the time and spend the money to repair and restore it? If yes, keep it, but make sure you follow through on that repair. And if the answer is no, then get rid of it. No questions asked. And the fourth question, is the item properly stored? If it is properly stored and has a good storage system, great. If the answer is no, then we want to create a storage system for it, which I'll talk about shortly. Like I said, I want you to be ruthless here. Your peace of mind and stress levels are at stake here. 
Whatever you do decide to save, do not just stick it in a pile for later. We want to create a system for it. And anything that you have decided to donate, I want you to schedule your donation pickup. It's even better if you do this in advance. So I, like I mentioned, have three times a year that I declutter and sort through items in my home. I know that right around Thanksgiving, I will be decluttering my house. So I have already called charities that I love to donate to, and I have scheduled a pickup for the first or second week of December. So it's already there and going to be coming. And I don't have to worry about all that extra stuff laying around in my house. And if it's something you're going to sell, do it immediately. And then if it's something for trash, make sure to get rid of it and stick it in the trash. That way you're only left with save items. And those saved items we're going to create systems for, which is what we're going to talk about now. All right, creating storage systems. We are going to channel our inner Monica Geller from Friends and go to town here. I have several systems, and just because it's what I do doesn't mean it's what you have to do, but I do love organizing. It is kind of an interest of mine, so I've gotten pretty good at it over the year of creating systems. And I used to be an elementary school teacher, and I don't know that many elementary school teachers that aren't good at organizing and having good systems in place. So hopefully some of these ideas I think will resonate with you. The first system I want to share with you is for a system for things that you're going to donate. In my garage, we have a wooden bench. And under that wooden bench are two plastic storage bins. They're not see-through. I don't like to see all this extra clutter. You can't see through them. They're just a solid plastic. And any time throughout the year that I decide I want to get rid of something and it's worthy of donating, I walk it into the garage and I stick it in one of the two bins. That way it immediately leaves the house and goes in the the donation bin. I will share a photo of this in the show notes for you to see. And I think it's important that you have a place designated in your home for anything that you plan on donating throughout the year. Because the truth is, there are more than just three times a year that we might decide to get rid of something. You might be trying on clothes in the morning and say, you know what? I just really don't like this pair of shoes anymore. They're not comfortable. I want to get rid of it. Well, when you have those bins in your garage or in a closet, you immediately have a place to put them so that they're not just piling up and causing more clutter in your house. All right, in my kitchen, the storage systems I use for organization is I have one cabinet for each type of thing. So I have one cabinet for baking supplies. I have one cabinet for serving pieces. I don't just put stuff in any random cabinet. It's all sorted by use. Cookbooks are all in one section. Glasses are all in one section. Baking supplies like muffin tins and cookie pans and baking dishes are all in one cabinet. When you make sure your cabinets are organized by use, you can easily do an inventory of what you have so you don't buy extra stuff that you don't need because you didn't realize you already had it in the first place. And 
I also, I don't have a junk drawer in my kitchen. I don't need it. I feel like everybody has this catch-all junk drawer. My takeout menus are all in an envelope in one cabinet by my cookbooks. My utensil drawers all have compartments to separate items. So all my tongs and my uh, spatulas, they all are divided so I can easily see them. So for kitchens, you want to have one cabinet for each type of use and then space-saving compartments to separate items so they're easy to access and you can see what you have. Also in my kitchen, my pantry jars. All right, my pantry, it's like my pride and joy in a way. I keep my food in glass jars in pantries. So any baking supplies like flowers, any dried items like beans and rice, I keep them all in glass jars. Now, I'll be honest, the reason I started doing this, I think about 13, 14 years ago, was because we were living on the East Coast in Virginia in the suburbs of DC, and we got mice one season. Oh, and they went in my snack jar with my kids' snacks. And so I decided, oh my gosh, I got to get all my food protected so that the mice can't access it. And so I got all these glass jars from the container store, Target sells them, Walmart sells them. And what I love about it now is I have an instant inventory of what I have and I don't have. So when I'm going grocery shopping, I'm not buying tons of extra lentils because I know how many lentils I have to start with. So having those glass jars all with labels is a really great way to organize your kitchen. I will, of course, link to that as well. And my pantry of prepared items, you know, like your mac and cheeses or your tomato sauces or your mustards and mayonnaise, I do keep those all lined up. So I have a direct inventory that I can check at any moment for what I need before I go to the store. Another system that you can create in your home are for your kids' art. If you're a parent like I am, your kids come home with 8 million pieces of art. I have two long and narrow art bins because sometimes that art can be oversized. I keep these two bins under my bed because uh, that's just the best place they seem to fit. In California, we don't have basements. So I will tell you that the efficient storage that I've had to create, knowing I just don't have a catch-all basement or attic to throw stuff, it's kind of been a good thing, but it was a little challenging at first. So I do have art bins or other people have taken photos of art and then put it in books. There are services that can do that. I also have memento boxes for memories. In our garage, we do have storage shelving and I have a memento box of just things that I'm just, they're sentimental to me that I'm not ready to keep, to get rid of rather. But if it doesn't fit in that box, I'm likely not keeping it. I don't just keep adding more and more boxes. My childhood memories are in there, uh, things from my wedding and stuff that that just doesn't really have another space. Currently, I am working on photos for my next organization project. I'll be honest, I am not as organized in that department as I'd like to be, and I am currently working on that. But if you can start with systems early for photographs, that's great that it won't be a lingering project for you. And like I said, because in California, we don't have basements, so storage is at a premium. 
And also when you are decluttering, creating your systems, you're going through your kitchen cabinets and maybe realize, wait, I have four muffin tins. I don't need it. Have that pickup scheduled in advance so that when you do donate or trash items, it can go out the door pretty quickly. You can also check if your community has a a community yard sale and plan around that. For inspiration, you can definitely look on Pinterest or the container store. Sometimes just walking around the container store, oh, I, it's like my my special place. I can walk around the container store for hours and just get inspired by different storage solutions. All right. The last tip I want to share with you when you are working on decluttering your home is to create the system to follow the one-for-one rule. When you buy something new, when you buy one thing new, or bring one new thing into your home, one thing has to go. That way you won't be able to accumulate so much stuff because you're managing the quantity that you have of something. So if I go shoe shopping and I'm buying a few pairs of shoes, Well, maybe some shoes that I've been pinching my toes and I've been holding on and I haven't been wearing need to go. I try to bring, when I buy one thing and bring it into the house, I try to get rid of one thing. If you've got the room for it, keep it, but just know that these things do accumulate over time. All right, this was a big episode because it's a really big and important topic. Let's do a recap because I'm a girl who loves a recap. Clutter doesn't have to be an issue for us or our homes. And a little organization and a few strategic systems go a long way so that we can live a more peaceful and less stressed life. We talked about the importance of decluttering. And before we buy anything new for our homes or update our spaces, we want to declutter. Our homes significantly impact our stress levels. Any environment that we are in impacts our stress levels. And our home is an environment that we're in the majority of the time. We want it to make us feel good. So too much stuff will overwhelm us and cause stress in our lives. I also talked about why we clutter. There are those emotional attachments that we can get of guilt, sentimental reasons, and money. And then the overwhelm of not being sure what to do with it and overbuying, which can happen when we go all in on something we think we're going to do like a hobby and then we don't. I talked about the benefits of decluttering, that our houses are easier to maintain. We have less stress, less worry, less overwhelm, less money spent because you know what you have and you buy what you need. We feel like our homes are ready for visitors and guests, and you have more space in your homes. I talked about creating a decluttering schedule three times a year, and when it's time to declutter in our homes, we want to separate items into three piles or boxes, a save, a donate, and a trash pile, and we want to take action on those items immediately. I also talked about the importance of creating systems And I shared some examples of systems that you can easily implement in your home. All right, that wraps up this episode. And as always, you can check the show notes at nestorations.com forward slash podcast. 
And that way you'll see a link to this episode. And there you'll see photos of examples I talked about today. And what to do next. I want you to pick a day to declutter and do work on just one space or room at a time so you don't get all overwhelmed. Please don't go gangbusters and start decluttering five rooms at one time. It'll just set you up for failure. So just start at one space. And then please, if this episode resonated with you, hit subscribe, leave a review, and share it with people. Thank you again for listening, and keep listening to Home and Nestorations for more design conversations to help you create a home you'll love. Have a great day.